It's the third Sunday of Lent here at Good Shepherd Catholic Church in Stake College, Pennsylvania. The date is March 24th, 2019. Today's readings come from Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8a and 13 through 15, as well as 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 1 through 6 and 10 through 12. The Gospel proclamation comes from Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Today's homily is given by Father Charlie Amershek. The story we will hear from the book of Exodus tells us that God appeared to Moses in a burning bush. In the story, God reveals his sacred name to Moses. How do we experience God in our lives? What name do we give God when we pray? A reading from the book of Exodus. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. Moses looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said to him, Here I am. And God said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. God said further, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land, to, out of that land, to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But Moses said to God, If I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name, and this is my memorial for all generations. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. St. Paul challenges the Christians at Corinth to take seriously their commitment to live faithfully 
the life of the covenant of, with God. How seriously do we take our commitment to live with the covenant with Jesus? A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples for us, so that we might not desire evil as they did. And do not complain as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example, and they were written down to instruct us on whom the ends of the ages have come. So, if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And And with with your spirit. spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory Glory to to you, Lord. Some people told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. Jesus said to them in reply, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were greater sinners than all the other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 people who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. And he told them this parable. There once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when it came time to search a fruit on it, he found none. And he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit on this fig tree, but have found none. So cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? He said to him in reply, Sir, leave this tree for one more year, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can then cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. May the Lord be in our minds. May the Lord be in the words we speak. May the Lord live in our hearts. The parable that Jack just proclaimed 
is often called the parable of second chances and third chances. That's the God we worship in Jesus Christ. The God who so treasures us that God gives us second and third and fourth chances to be faithful, to do the right thing, to live the gospel that Jesus proclaims, that Jesus calls us to live. The word of God, that parable can transform our lives. We begin to see that God is giving us a second chance, a, a, a chance to grow, a chance to transform our lives, a chance to bear the fruit of the kingdom. In this Lenten season, our practice of prayer in the Lenten season transforms us, makes us have a greater sense of the presence of God within us and around us. The Lenten practice of fasting transforms us. We begin to recognize what is truly important and the things of this earth that in the end really don't matter. Our Lenten practice of charity, of almsgiving, taking care of the poor, those in need, that transforms us by making us more aware of other people. We're not always the center of our lives. The needs of other people are important to us. So this parable, the parable of the tree that is given another chance, is a parable of second chances. The Lord who would transform us, the Lord who is transforming all the kids whose, whose bags are on that tree, the Lord gives us another chance, and maybe a chance after that. I found two stories that I thought were really powerful. Twelve-year-old Mary came home from school, and she was in a snit. Now, those of you who live with 12-year-olds, 12 12-year-olds, 12 you, you know that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> but she stormed up the stairs to her room, and her mom was wise. Her mom let her go for a while. And then when, when Mary came down for dinner, her mom, Anna, said, uh, Honey, what's wrong? And Mary said, The teacher said, Five of my friends and I cheated on a test. We all got an F on the test, and we have to serve in-school suspension. It's not fair. And the mother, being a wise woman, probably a mom who prayed a lot, said, Mary, 
you have to serve your suspension. And perhaps you can ask your teacher what you can do to make up for that F on the test. Flash forward to the next day. And once again, Mary storms into the house, looks at her mother and says, I hate you. And she went up to her room. Once again, Anne, the mother, knocks on the door, walks into Mary's room and said, Honey, what's the matter? You don't love me. Honey, what do you mean I don't love you? All the other parents came to school. All the other parents talked to the teacher and the principal. They talked them into saying that this was not fair. They shouldn't be suspended and they should be giving a passing grade in that test. You're the only mother who didn't come to school. You're the only mother who didn't stand up for her kid. I hate you. And looked at Mary and said, did you cheat on that test? And Mary said, yes, I did, but that's not the point. And mom said, in fact, it is the point. Because human beings, we are responsible for the consequences of our actions. When we do something wrong, we have to pay the price so that we can learn from the experience so that we can grow. You did wrong. You have to accept responsibility for your actions and for the consequences of your actions. Now, I know that that experience would never happen here at Good Shepherd. That's a totally strange thing for all of you. Second story. The man was a cab driver. And he got a call at 2.30 in the morning to pick up a single passenger. Now, for cab drivers, a call at 2.30 in the morning, it's usually something about picking up somebody that's had too much to drink and not capable of driving. So that's what he was looking for, and he went to the address, and he noticed that it was an apartment building and on the first floor, there were lights on in this one apartment. Now, normally, at 2.30 in the morning, a, t a cab driver just sort of honks on the horn. And if the person doesn't come out, the cab driver leaves. But something was different this time. The cab driver got out of the cab went to the apartment house and knocked on the door. As he knocked and as he waited, he looked in and he saw that this apartment looked like nobody had lived there for a while. The furniture was covered with sheets. 
There was nothing indicated in anywhere that someone was living there at the time. He noticed that there was a box with frames and other things in the corner. And as he stood there and waited, he heard the sound of something dragging coming to the door. Finally, the door opened, and it's a little old lady. She's 80-some years old, and she's dragging a suitcase. Could you take my suitcase? So he picks up her suitcase, puts it in the trunk. Then he gives her his arm. They close the door to the apartment and walk down the steps into the car, into the cab. He knows the address, but the woman says, can, can you take me downtown? But ma'am, that's really out of our way. That's not the quickest way to the address we're going. She said, I, I just want to see some things. You see, I'm on my way to a hospice. I have cancer not long to live. I have no family. I'd just like to see the moments of my life, to remember them one more time. At that, the driver shut off the meter, and they began their journey through the town, going every place she wanted to go, They drove through the neighborhood where she and her husband were newlyweds together. And they drove by a, 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 a furniture warehouse that used to be a dance hall, a dance hall where she used to dance as a young girl. They drove by an old department store where she used to be the elevator operator. There were some places she asked him to stop and she just looked out the window thinking, remembering. And this went on for an hour or two. Finally, as the sun began to rise in the sky, the woman said to the driver, I'm tired. Let's go. Let's go to the hospice. So he did. He took her to the address of this convalescent home, this hospice. And when they got there, there were, the orderlies came right out. Obviously, they had been waiting for this woman. And he went in the trunk. The cab driver went into the trunk and got her suitcase and carried it up the steps, carried it into this house, up the ramp. When he came out, the two orderlies had the woman in a wheelchair, and she looked at him, and she took his hand, the cab driver's, and she said, how much do I owe you? He said, you don't owe me a thing. 
but this is your living. You, I need to pay you something. He said, there'll be other fares. Don't worry about it. And something moved in him. As she took his hand, he hugged her and kissed her on the cheek. And she smiled at him and said, thank you so much. You made an old woman very happy. The cab driver left her and he drove around all that morning. He, 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 just, he just kept going over what had happened and he began to realize if he had been impatient, if he had just honked the horn and then gone away, if he had been in a hurry to get home, he never would have had that experience with this elderly woman. He realized it may have been the most important experience of his life. Transformative experience. We think to be transformed has to be a big deal, has to be a big event. But sometimes the Lord transforms us in the smallest things, the little kindnesses, the kind words, the caring actions. When we join hands and we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're praying that in the little, the tiniest moments of our lives, we will be transformed into the glorious life of Jesus, the life of compassion and caring. And as we receive the Eucharist today, Jesus lives within us. And that makes all the difference. It transforms us into the life of Jesus in our world. Thanks for listening to this week's service. For more information about our church, including upcoming events, please visit us online at goodshepherd-sc.org.